Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. Friends, it's a delight to be here today with Jacob Ari Labenz, who is director of the Center of Judaic and Holocaust Studies and Clayman Assistant Professor of Judaic and Holocaust Studies at Youngstown State University. He is the editor of Jewish Property After 1945, Cultures and Economies of Ownership, Loss, Recovery, and Transfer. I had the great merit of being a co-editor with Dr. Lebenz on this book, Jewish Veganism and Vegetarianism, Studies and New Directions, uh, published by the wonderful SUNY Press. And this was put out um, to, uh, to demonstrate uh, the unique era that we're in and the diversity of thought that is worthy of study um, in, some, in something that we think should be incorporated into Jewish studies curricula into food ethics programs and, and beyond. Um, and so I wanna take a little time to talk with uh, uh, Professor LeBenz, who's really the brains behind the project, um, to, uh, to uh, understand a, a little bit more of his thinking. So thank you for take, taking some time to talk. Hi Shmuley, it's nice to have time to talk with you and Shmuley's being modest. This is really a, a, a work of collaboration um, and so I want to thank Shmuley for working with me on this project. Thank you. So let me ask you, why did, I, I want to say we, but in this case I'll say you, why did you uh, write this or, or, or take this on and edit this? So you and I have been talking about other Jewish vegan publications. Um, and it dawns on me, and I think you share this uh, feeling, that we've really reached a new period uh, in Jewish vegan thought and community. Uh, and this is reflected in all sorts of different areas in, in terms of culture, different things happening in Israel, happening in America. Um, I'm really grateful to the activists from the 70s and the 80s and 90s who sought to fuse Judaism and vegetarianism and later Judaism and veganism. Activists and scholars who looked for Jewish motivations for veganism and vegetarianism, who defended veganism and vegetarianism against claims that it was incommensurate with Judaism. This sort of constructive and also defensive posture, I think has ended. I think it is now absolutely incontrovertible that there is something called Jewish veganism and Jewish vegetarianism. Uh, David Seidenberg, one of our authors, asked me at a panel a few years ago whether or not veganism is really grafted onto Judaism. And I, that might may have been, in its initial phases, true. But it is yielding real fruit now. And it is yielding all different types of fruit. And so it's time, I think, for us to take a break uh, and look critically at where we've been and where we're going. Uh, and so this book does that in a really interesting way. Uh, it's split into two parts, studies and new directions, 
And the first part is a retrospective. It looks at history, at the development of Jewish vegan and vegetarian thought in some unexpected places and also in contemporary life. The second half of the book, both seven chapters, takes new directions in Jewish vegan and vegetarian thought, which I think can be inspiring for readers and also challenging. Awesome. So in many ways, when I think of vegan and vegetarian, and of course it's not always the case, I think of that discourse as a little bit monolithic. We're vegan, make the world more vegan. There's no question about, or very little question about eggs. The vegan answer to eggs is don't eat them in general. Um, there's some conversation around honey. Do vegans eat honey, this and that? But it, generally, it's a little bit monolithic, although there's obviously some diversity there. But Jewish itself is such a polyolithic term because Jewish itself is such a broad response that one has to distrust when, whenever anyone says there's a Jewish response to something or a Jewish answer to something. It's, it's impossible. And so it's almost uh, uh, bring, bringing those two together uh, means that that the Jewish interaction with veganism and vegetarianism um, shows how diverse and broad and eclectic the project is uh, in many ways. And so I wonder, can you point to a little bit of the spectrum of the ideas that are involved in the project and how you felt about including such diversity? Sure. I, and I, I think you've hit on something there. I think there are normative expectations about what veganism is, what vegetarianism is, how we advocate for it, where it fits in our culture. And it's also being challenged now, and not just or only from Jewish directions. Um, there's a whole field of black veganism and veganisms of color. Um, and I see Jewish veganism, which can be part of these discussions as well, as broadening what we mean when we say veganism, as challenging some of the assumptions. And also challenging us to try to define ourselves as vegans. What do we mean? What are the moral values uh, that undergird our veganism? How do they relate to our identities, to our religious beliefs, to our ethnicities, to our places in the world and within hierarchies of oppression? Um, so I think Jewish veganism really offers a, an opportunity to play with veganism and to challenge it. So what do I mean by that? Um, if we look at the book, the first seven chapters, like I've said, think about the history of veganism in contemporary Jewish society. Beth Berkowitz gives a fascinating study of Tsar Balei Chaim, the ideal in the, from the Bible and in the Talmud, that he should do anything to prevent the suffering of animals. And she finds it as deeply elusive. It's always there, but it's hard to nail down. And that may reflect something about contemporary Jewish subjectivities. Nick Underwood, Irad Ben Isaac, and Hadas Marcus um, offer studies of Jewish vegetarianism in the 20th century, some going back to the interwar period and through World War II and beyond, to see where these cultures of veganism came from and upon what, what and the cultures from which we may draw today. Uh, Nick Underwood talks about the construction and development of Jewish vegetarian cultures as forms of resistance to anti-Semitism in Nazi Germany and nationalist Poland. Arad ben talks about the very idiosyncratic veganism of Melech Rabich, the Yiddish modernist poet. Hadas Marcus calls our attention back to Jewish artists from the 20th century, people like Chagall, 
who graces our cover, did we often analyze the animals in their books as metaphors for Jews and the place of Jews in the world, but that is to forget that these artists lived among animals and with animals, and that their art reflects Jewish subjectivities and perspectives on animals, which can also help inform our veganism today. Michael Crowland fascinatingly moves us right into the present to talk about Jewish vegan punk culture and the shared punk and Jewish values that lead people to veganism. And surprisingly, at least for me, the expectations in, in certain cultures that Jewish punks will be vegan and the way that Jewish punks can use both vegan and Jewish symbols to sort of identify themselves and construct themselves in public. Adrian Crone wrote a really fascinating piece about the Jewish farming movement and how different people come to it and find in it that veganism or vegetarianism and Jewishness are mutually constitutive factors in self-construction. And that's something that I write about actually in my own chapter, which is the last. And finally, in the first section, there's a study by uh, Veda Greenstone and Shlomi Shmuel. Uh, excuse me, sorry about that. There's a study by Veda Greenstone and Sh uh, Shlomi Shmuel uh, doing a cross-linguistic study in English and in Hebrew to try to understand how Jews think about animal cruelty. And surprisingly, what they found is that it seems that meat eaters, more than vegans, are more sensitive in their language to the fact that they are actually doing harm to animals. This is the historical background. To that, I'll add the closing chapter, the epilogue, which is a history by Jeffrey Cohan and Sarah Chandler, Sarah Chandler about uh, Jewish vegan and vegetarian movements in the United States of America. So if you're missing the background, if you're coming to this late, if you're a Generation Z or a late millennial who wasn't here for the early stages, that history is at the end of this book, and you'll know from where these conversations are coming from. So that's part one. Part two is the new directions. We begin with a uh, study by David Seidenberg. Um, and it's a challenge to Jewish veganism. If veganism asks humans to disengage from controlling animals, to live alongside animals, but not to exert control over their lives, he looks at the biblical model of the relationship between humans and animals and sees it based on a similar form of covenant then pertain between Jews and God. It's a covenant of care, a covenant of responsibility. And he goes through the rabbinic sources and Mishnaic sources and, uh, uh, and contemporary Jewish philosophical sources to show that one may make a slim case for the, a Jewish vegan tradition, but makes a very much stronger case that covenantalism needs to be brought into a discussion of Jewish food ethics and it's a Jewish food ethics that can arrive at a Jewish vegan practice. But what's the discussion beneath it? Jeffrey Clausen, in a deeply personal essay, which I found as touching as it was inspiring, finds in the Jewish Musar movement of 19th century Lithuania and Poland, a movement about morality, education, and spiritual refinement, teachings and practices that enrich his own Jewish veganism ones that I find deeply compelling. Richard Schwartz and David Sears respond to challenges 
faced, particularly in Orthodox communities, to advocate by advocates of Jewish veganism. In particular, many Orthodox Jews and others turned to the teachings of Rav Kook, the first chief Ashkenazi chief rabbi of Mandatory Palestine. They turned to his readings for inspiration to construct a legitimate halachic veganism or, or vegetarianism. These two authors respond to eight objections that are often raised to this in very thoughtful ways, in ways that bring Cook's teaching into the present, which is to say that acknowledge that Cook was living in a very different world from the world in which we find ourselves and apply Cookian ethics to our world to make a very strong art, halachic argument for veganism. Alan Krinsky and Shmuley Yanklowitz, Shmuley, both contend with the question of speciesism. Uh, contemporary veganism is often based around the idea of being anti-speciesist. That is to say, humans should not elevate their own species above all others. That we, uh, we have the same moral obligations to ants and cows and fish as we do to one another, though how we exercise that must obviously take into account our differences. Many vegans reject the idea that we can make a hierarchy of animals. So there's a problem the Bible and the Jewish religious tradition is often anti-speciesist, is often androcentric, human-centric. So how do we negotiate it? Alan Krinsky goes through tremendous materials and a fascinating study to argue, one, Judaism and Judaism is not commensurate with speciesism, but that one should also adopt a vegan diet. Shmuley, on the other hand, points to contradictory traditions or traditions that are in tension with one another within the Jewish tradition. Some speciesist, some universalist or anti-speciesist and finds in this generative tension a place where Jews have negotiated their food ethics since the inception of Jewishness and which can be a model for thinking about it today. And finally, our last two essays are uh, works of autoethnography, authors writing about themselves. Sherry Kolb talks about her experiences as a child of Holocaust survivor and how that led her to veganism. And I have to say, I'm normally resistant to the use of uh, Holocaust analogies in advocating for veganism. I don't find them necessary. I've read the literature. I understand why some people find it compelling. I don't. But I do find this one, and that's why I think we included it into this uh, collection. Uh, Sherry Culp talks about the ways in which she sees analogous, how the Nazis identified individuals as Jews and then removed them from the community of moral obligation, subjected them to ill treatment through a system of classification. And she compares this to how we, or meat eaters, identify animals as farm animals, animals to be farmed and killed. What inspired me about her piece in particular is that how she said that it was deeply felt, that it was experienced through her life. And that made me reconsider some of these claims. Uh, and she concludes her essay with a really thoughtful meditation on if the Bible and if Jewish ethics are against hurting animals, why does the Bible tell, why does God in the Bible instruct humans to eat animals? And finally, uh, I finish out, round out the book well, before the epilogue 
um, I argue, uh, I describe my own experience of Jewish veganism, which I think of as a cultural technology for ethical and ethnic self-construction, right? It's hard for me as a non-religious, non-nationalist Jew to feel Jewish all throughout the day. But veganism is something that I do almost in every minute. It's a decision you make, it's what you put in your body. Literally in some ways you are what you eat. And in making these choices and in understanding them on Jewish terms, in part thanks to the wonderful essays here, <clears throat> I have a Jewishness that transcends every aspect of my life. And I close my essay with sort of ideas about how to advocate for veganism in the Jewish community and how progressives uh, might want to uh, advocate for veganism or progressive Jews specifically might want to wrestle with some of the issues that we confront when talking about veganism. And I want to thank Aaron Gross, uh, one of the foremost uh, food scholars and uh, scholars of uh, food uh, animals in the Jewish tradition for writing a very thoughtful uh, conclusion to the book as well. So that's what you'll find if you read the book. Um, there's so much more that could be written. Yeah. We could produce three more volumes. But what I think Shmuley and I are both, and Shmuley, you can tell me, hoping for is this will be the beginning of many more discussions, a launching pad for different sorts of discussions. If this book gives Jewish thinkers and thinkers about Jews, permission to move well beyond the bounds of the traditional scope of veganism and Jewishness that Shmuley discussed, then we've done our work. I, I would love for this to be the first in a series of books written by other people. Mm -hmm. Amazing, amazing. So the last thing I want to ask you, and, and I'll personally reflect on it before you, <clears throat> is how this process uh, affected you personally. Um, and or maybe even since the writing of the book, and I'll share one, and I think you actually <clears throat> um, had an influence on me in our interactions on this as well, which is that <clears throat> I would say prior to this, I really the, the the question I had is where does veganism fit within Judaism, and that's what I'm interested in. And now I really see them as two distinct systems with some overlap, but an outside challenge, which is important to use a very simple sort of diagram. Like there's Judaism, there's veganism, and there's an overlap. And my work has mostly been in the middle. Like how do we get more vegans to be engaged more Jewishly, how do, Jewish vegans that is? How do we get more Jewish circles to be engaged more in veganism? And that's sort of interesting to me. And then of course I'm engaged in Judaism outside of veganism. But this is not, was not a part of my life. And now I'm at a point where the question is, the dimension of veganism that is distinctly not Jewish as serving as an intellectual challenge to my Judaism to use just two examples, um, <clears throat> one is that I don't think Judaism, traditional Jewish thought, has a dominant pacifist thrust. I think there are Jewish war ethics, but it'd be hard to call it pacifist. I think veganism is about an ethics of nonviolence. Um, and that poses to me a challenge to my Judaism, a productive challenge of saying, like, how does a complete ethics of nonviolence challenge the, the way I understand Jewish thought in terms of uh, in terms of war ethics. A second one, which touches on the article drafted there, was on this point of sort of egalitarianism versus differentiation and hierarchy, and um, um, and and I think that my Jewish ideas tell me that uh, many of my Jewish values tell me humans are clearly the pinnacle of creation, and veganism pushed me uh, to challenge that in a lot of ways that I find productive. 
And so the question no longer to me is sort of what's kosher about veganism to bring in, but rather where is there a comfortable overlap and where is there an un a productively uncomfortable uh, challenge that both can kind of engage with each other. So that's a little bit of where I'm at personally, you know, after reading this because of the, there are some of these writers who are like, make the world vegan, it is Judaism, right? And that's, that's great. And there's others who like are really operating in a very different epistemology of how they understand these systems in a, and with a nuance that I, that I really appreciate. And so I don't know if you want to respond to that. If you do, great. And if not, I'd love to hear sort of personally, you know, kind of where your journey's at. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with a response to that because I think that in a way confirms my experience as well, right? You held up that Venn diagram. And uh, I think when, when we gave a talk, we, we did a longer interview at a Shemaimba Arts retreat. And we'll post that below. We'll post that below. Yeah. Oh, great. And somebody asked, right? They, they, they commented that they had always set them themselves as vegan and as Jewish. Uh, and that the retreat was the first time that they saw it coming together. And, and I really do think that that's a new thing, even if there were Jewish vegans before. I think uh, as much as you're now talking about the challenges of moving in these spaces towards the center, what I'm seeing is an affirmation of that center, that that center is something real, that the overlap might have been accidental. The way that Jewish cultures always intersect with the majority cultures uh, and participate in them. Right? All of a sudden, we have this field of Jewish veganism. And I'm really interested um, in this newly self confident voice of Jewish veganism, right? What does Jewish veganism have to teach non Jewish vegans? What does Jewish veganism contribute? What does it demand of veganism, right? If some of our authors challenged this idea of speciesism, not arguing that we should mistreat any animals, but brought in ideas of covenantalism brought in ideas like you do of this tension between what are very normative species tendencies that we have and our commitments to universalism and recognizing this generative tension. What does it mean to have to wrestle with Jewish traditions that are meat-centric and that we take very seriously, right? Or animal product-centric. So for me, what was, I think I started with this point, but what's amazing to me is that this is a generative center that can expand outwards in both directions that like you said i'm i've been willing to make demands on jews on jewish communities uh, uh, uh that they with regard to veganism for quite some time but the language has changed it's not here's why it's commensurate with judaism here's why judaism says you must it's here are the values here's where we come from this is a jewish culture that's worthy of embracing and I think it's a very different discussion. Yeah, you know, and actually one thing in a, one of our last conversations you pointed out was there was a particular advertisement that a vegan advocacy organization used that incorporated exploitation of women in a way where if veganism was one's sole value system and the only goal was um, to stop the exploitation of animals and, and any other sort of uh, system of oppression was, was, you know, fair games to some degree to achieve that ends, and here, Jewish values, not as distinct from necessarily other value systems, but has a unique contribution to say that there's, there's, a, there's, a, um, there's an interconnectivity um, uh, uh, that, uh, that's involved here. So I'm sorry, anyways, I cut you off about your next point. No, I, I, no, I, think, I think that's a very salient point. And, and for me, in thinking about this Jewish veganism, my ability now to make certain demands, that to define myself as both Jew and vegan, and to see that practice 
as a singular practice helps me make space for others as well, right? Um, I don't make as many intellectual demands as I might about other vegan or vegan-like cultures that are not my own, right? And I'm instead super curious about how they're understanding these food practices that are quite similar to my own. And I'm pretty liberal with how I use the word vegan, right? There are people who are restricted to certain ideologies, and I think that's, uh, at this point, intellectually dishonest, but also counterproductive. I think we are at a place where Jewishness and Jews can participate in fascinating reconsiderations of ethics and the world around us, and which we can learn from others, and where veganism becomes a bridge, or in other cases, Jewishness becomes a bridge. Um, and it's this foundation that I think we tried and I hope succeeded in capturing in this book, which positions us to do that, right? Which is why I keep saying, like, I'd love for more people to write books like this. I really think that this is just the beginning. I think that this is, as veganism becomes salient in America, but Burger King, they're not vegan, but Burger King has the impossible burger, right? It may not be kosher, but it's a sign of how ubiquitous this is in our society. And Judaism is evolving with that. Yeah. And I think it's a sign of how bound up we are with all of each other. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to learning more. If anything, what I've taken away from this is there's a lot more for me to learn. Beautiful. Well, very inspiring. Um, thank you for your time, Professor LeBenz. Um, and Jacob um, and I are, are very pleased to share that the paperback, the more affordable paperback, um, is going to be available in January. Right, and by pre-order, potentially in a month or so. I, I believe pre-orders will be ready sometime in December. The book should come out in January in paperback and electronic, that is Kindle-like versions, uh, for about $30. Uh, the hardcover uh, was selling for about $90, which I understand is uh, expensive, but this new one makes it a perfect Hanukkah gift for Jews and vegans, or Christmas gift, or just a friendship gift. So Amazing. enjoy the reading. And I'd love to hear what people have to say after they've read the book. Jewish Veganism and Vegetarianism, Studies in New Directions, SUNY Press. We would love to hear your feedback, your reviews, your critiques, your next stages. Uh, we look forward to being in conversation. And we have a Shemayim retreat, a Jewish vegan retreat in LA in February, if you're free to join us. Hope to see you all soon. Thanks very much.